0: away I haven't thought about flying for a long time. I haven't dreamed at that moment when I was alone above the clouds for a long time. I have dreamed of waking up in a room surrounded by blue and green grass and bored years and I could dream of memory. I haven't walked back into the past or scratched on the doors of my origins, where it all came from to handle that cape for the last time.
1: Return to town 10th Year Anniversary Edition is a revised version of Andean's first poetry book. The book can be purchased from Amazon and it contains numerous additional material.
0: Spoken Label. Hi, it's Andean from Spoken Label. Spoken Label was originally set up at the beginning of 2016 and records Show, it started off really as a one-off podcast chatting to writers, poets and artists. Over time, it became monthly, then weekly. And occasionally, nowadays, it goes on that to a more regular basis. To date, I've done over 330 sessions. And I'm always looking for new poets, writers, artists, singer-songwriters, general interesting creative people to come onto the podcast you can find this on all the usual networks over apple itunes spotify podbean podbay and dozens of others but it does have a central database of spoken label which is all one word dot bandcamp.com obviously now to help me with the running costs of this podcast, I'm always grateful for any kind of donation to assist me with it. You can either do the donation through the Bandcamp page by putting in a fee to download one of the free podcasts, or send it over my PayPal to aen1mpo at yahoo.co.uk. My email address again is aen1npo at yahoo.co.uk. Enjoy the podcast. Take care. Bye. Spokenly. Oh. Hey guys, Andy and Spoken Back in the house on a bloody cold. Good January afternoon. Oh, it's freezing up here today. And that's why I've got a scarf around my neck. And a friend who got with me today, as you can see, he's also padded up to the gills. We've got the fantastic DK with us now. I met DK, oh yikes, it's been, it was over lockdown, I'm pretty sure of it, and they might tell me otherwise, but fantastic, oh it's, and fantastic friend. So DK, to start us off with today, my friend, do you want to start off, first of all, telling us, introduce yourself to us, okay, and tell us where all your creativity came from, etc.
1: Hey everyone. I'm DK, an artist with cerebral palsy who loves creating freestyle poetry and music. My work has touched many hearts, and I also play power chair football. I'm passionate about cannabis reform and social justice, and I believe in making the arts accessible to everyone through my foundation, Accessibility Arts. I think my creativity is inspired by everyday experiences, the people I meet, the places I visit and the emotions I encounter. I find endless fascination in exploring and expressing the beauty of life through my writing.
0: Great stuff, okay. Thanks for that, DK. Now I wanna ask you next, obviously, because I know you've gone for quite a journey to get to where you are with your creativity now. So first of all then, tell us about your book then, and obviously which you obviously just bought out of people will realise, and why? Off the Cuff as a title.
1: I believe that it was the perfect time for me to put together a poetry book. The idea for this project actually came about when I was invited to be a feature act at Speak Your Mind, a poetry event in British. The experience of performing 15 minutes of my poetry in front of an audience inspired me to compile my work into a book. I decided to title it Off the Cuff because I have a personal philosophy of not editing my poems. I let my thoughts and emotions flow freely onto the page. This title embodies the spontaneous and authentic nature of my poetic expression. Brilliant.
0: Yes, I agree with you completely there with that. And in the way creativity can come as very off the cuff emotion. Now, mm-hmm. if people are wondering, obviously, we're going to do what I do with a bit of a deep dive into certain pieces in your book now, some of which we were re- you will be performing in the second half for us. Before we get to that, why did you start off your collection with the lovely three-line poem at the start of the book, which I'll read, read out because they're the three lines. In every heart beams a quali- Is it qualities? Pure sunlight. Love spectrum. It streams. Beautiful, beautiful start to your book now, mate.
1: After finishing the book, the idea of incorporating so. haikus came up when Jay Rose Anna... The publisher, suggested it. I took a moment to reflect on the content and tried to distill its essence into a couple of haikus. It was a creative process of summarising the themes and experiences that were already present in the book. The haikus aimed to capture the depth and beauty of the story in a concise and poetic form.
0: Agreed. Agreed to be completely there, because a the haiku is such a delicate little form to master, and you've done absolutely fantastic there, mate. Absolutely beautiful. I think it, because I've read the book, people wondering, obviously, like, I always do, <laughs> but certainly in this case, hey, yes, I think it's a perfect description of the book itself. Now, I want to talk about next, moving on to the poems, of course, the first poem in the book, July the 8th, 2017. People who know, obviously, you as well, have this been the first poem in the book, would realise this is an incredibly heartbreaking poem of the way life was before. What made you want to start off the collection with this?
1: When I wrote that particular poem, I knew it was what I wanted people to know, but Jay said it should be the first poem people see, and she's more experienced at publishing than me. Her insight and experience have guided me in considering the best way to present my work to the world. I trust Jay's judgement and believe that the suggestion could potentially help the poem reach a wider audience.
0: Agreed. Agreed you completely with that because I've got as much experience as so J doing books as well by now. And I think mm. that it's a superb way okay, it sets the scene, I think, of what you were as a person. And then mm. skipping on to the third poem, and I love this third poem as well, which is not just a label, because I think these two work well together. But the second poem, obviously, mm. what we're not going to talk about it does as well. But the third one, I think it's a great moving into the book, not just a label. This is probably my favourite poem in the book, because I think like with the title of this podcast, Spoken Label, it talks about labels in different ways. And I think, I feel like the way you communicate, you have communicated now is different to the way you did. Did you find when you wrote this poem, it flowed really quickly for you? See, it feels like it was like, it came might me like a machine gun bullet nearly.
1: Many people have expressed their appreciation for the poem, and you were absolutely right. I did indeed write it hastily. In fact, I composed it during a 10 or 15-minute break in an online event. The uplifting atmosphere compelled me to quickly jot down the words in that brief interlude.
0: also so straight away with that, because like I'm always a believer with poems. They don't have to be spent months and years working on. Sometimes the best poems can come out very, very quickly, and that's a great example. Now, I also love the changing gears as well. After poems like mental health and politics as well, when you then wrote about a poem called In the Garden of Innocence, it made me think back to my own childhood, actually, made that one, actually. And the very first few poems I wrote when I was 10 or 11, what made you want to choose to bring this poem here? I felt you had set the scene your early poems, and I think it's a great time then to actually start doing poems about your childhood because it shows a change of gears when younger. A lovely poem.
1: That poem is about how me and my sister used to play in the garden as kids. We've always been a close family and we've always had each other's backs. I wouldn't be here without them, mainly because I can't drive, so I literally wouldn't be here if it wasn't for them. Really And
0: stuff. Yeah, I've never spoke to your sister directly. But I've seen him on plenty of open poetry Zoom nights and the bond between you two and your, and your mum as well. So I've never met your dad. But between your mum was like well, you can see you're a very, very close loving family. And I no, completely agree. Now, I also love next the Paul McCartney dedication in Let Love Ignite. Is music a big inspiration for you when you write your poetry words?
1: I have a deep passion for music, and it has been a significant influence on my poetry. The works of Paul McCartney, Bernie Torpin, Queen, Eminem, Bill Wayne, and Kendrick Lamar have all played a vital role in shaping my creative expression. I adore the diverse range of musical styles and lyrical content that these artists represent, and I hope their impact can be seen in the versatility and depth of my own poetic compositions. I think broad taste in music allows me to draw inspiration from various genres, and I am continually fascinated by the way different melodies and rhythms can evoke powerful emotions and ignite the imagination.
0: Agreed completely. There is other poems in the book people want to check it out where you do talk about your rap influences, and I agree with you. It is great to have whenever you write to display a massive influx of varying inspirations, and I perfectly work out to <coughs> make. My- now, I want to move on next to talk about a completely different topic, about where did the inspiration come from for writing the powerful fighting for menstrual equality? A great point, by the way, again as well. That was what really hit me out of that piece. <laughs> this poem was inspired by the belief that sanitary
1: products should not be taxed, as they are a necessity rather than a luxury. The natural occurrence of menstruation is a normal part of life for billions of women worldwide. Yet the topic is often surrounded by stigma and silence. It's crucial to dismantle these barriers and encourage open, honest conversations about menstruation.
0: No, agreed. Agreed with you completely on that one, mate. Tom, so you've got you've got a, you've got a back up back up person there straight over that one, mate, with yourself. Mm-hmm. Now, the last poem in the book I want to talk about is the conclusion piece. Actually, Oh I absolutely love. This piece again, actually, but it's a great book anyway. This book, so this this was my second favorite piece in the book was the last poem, Tortoise Tempo, Slowing Down the Mind's Race. I thought this was a great way of wrapping up the collection, about reclaiming control of your own narrative, which is like your life, really. Was this always going to be the last poem in the collection?
1: After I sent the pamphlet off to Jay and she said there was space for a couple more poems, I was inspired to write this piece. The poem reflects my realisation that I need to stop overthinking and worrying about the future. It captures the essence of embracing the present and living in the moment. It's a gentle reminder to let go of the worries about what lies ahead and to focus on being present and content in the here and now.
0: Yeah, no, I agree. I agree with you completely, mate, with that one. It does, because it's... I think it's also, well, the way that you like... It sums up... In, the first poem you look at was like the past, and this is the future and the present view. So I think it's a great way of leading to whatever you do next with your pieces. Now, as always, with spoken label, we have people who know, is you're going to do a few poems in the second half, most of which are from this current collection. But you've told me in advance you want to do a new poem as well called Alexia of Enlightenment. Do you want to tell us about this poem? And when people hear it in the second half, they will spot it's got music as well. So it was Jackson, of course, again. So tell us about this poem and the story behind it.
1: I've recently been exploring the teachings of Buddhism, and it's been a truly enlightening and comforting experience. It's helping me to understand myself and the world around me in a deeper way. In light of this, I felt inspired to express my thoughts and feelings in the form of a poem. As I also create my own music, I decided to add a musical accompaniment to the poem. I have shared this creation on my YouTube channel as a way to connect with others who may also be on a similar spiritual journey or simply enjoy poetry and music. It has been a wonderful and fulfilling creative process for me, and I hope it resonates with those who come across it as well.
0: Great stuff, mate. Yeah, I'm a buddhist myself, John be honest you, or... Less so nowadays, I've been a bit lapsed, but it's the story my life. But yeah, no, great. So I agree. I wonder if it is linked into Buddhism, this piece. Now, I know also as well, you are talking earlier in our discussion, but you, now you're starting to do longer and longer sets of poetry. Do you want to talk, tell us next time how your approach has changed since you started doing these sets? Has it caused a change in your style or the way you think about your work? Poetry is like a living, breathing entity that constantly evolves and
1: changes with the experiences and growth of its creator. Just as life itself is a journey of evolution, so is poetry. As we evolve and mature, our perspective, emotions, and experiences change, and this transformation is reflected in the poetry we create. I believe that my own poetry has evolved alongside me capturing each step of my personal growth and reflecting the ever-changing landscape of my thoughts and feelings. It's a beautiful and fascinating process to witness the evolution of both oneself and one's poetry as they are intertwined in a dance of self-discovery and expression.
0: Agreed, agreed. It's, creativity is always... I think it's got to be an ongoing process anyway in the way you think and where you push yourself. And I think mean, you're, you're a great example of this. And I think it's really pleasing to see when we talked at the beginning of the podcast again as well about your your running accessibility arts. Can you tell us a little bit more about that next?
1: We regularly host engaging spoken word nights and we're going to collaborate with other creatives to offer inspiring workshops. These events create a welcoming and inclusive space for sharing, learning and connecting with others in our creative community. Oh, this will be on the accessibility art space of a group.
0: Brilliant. No, agreed, agreed. It's great to see you doing a project like this, Dan, honestly, DK, because it means a lot to me, like, because I've got my own issues myself and, like, and it's I'm pleased when I see people like yourself doing projects like this because it means a lot. Okay, to start looking towards the future now, then, do you want to tell us a little bit next about what plans you've got coming up next, then? Firstly, we've since we've just talked about it, accessibility arts,
1: mate. Accessibility Arts has both in-person and online events to look forward to. The next in-person event is scheduled for March the 20th in Hinkley, Leicestershire, while the upcoming online event is February the 28th, and they on Zoom. We have people come from all around the world. I do advertise them, so everyone can keep an eye on their social media channels for more details.
0: Yeah, great. Great stuff. We'll get the links off you in a second, so... But do you have a second collection in mind, possibly for the future?
1: I do have a second poetry collection in mind, and I'm excited about the idea of bringing more of my writing into the world. At this point, I don't know if it will have a specific theme or not, but I'm committed to the process of creating another collection. I have also been considering the possibility of transforming my poetry into an album format, which feels like a beautiful way to share my words with others. Oh, I yeah. look forward to exploring these ideas further and embracing the journey of creativity and expression. Brilliant.
0: Your words are beautiful enough for that straight away. So, the only thing I've got to ask you, obviously, before we go on to the hard sell, and I love the word the hard sell, is is there anything of those you've, you've got plans future wise you wish to share with us?
1: Not really. I just <laughs> want to express my sincere gratitude for inviting me on your podcast. It truly means a lot to me. I am incredibly thankful for the opportunity to share my thoughts and experiences with your audience. I also want to take this moment to give a special shout-out to my family, who have always been my greatest source of support and love. Their unwavering encouragement has been an instrumental part of my journey, and I am endlessly grateful for their presence in my life.
0: Brilliant. Yeah, families... I mean, you've got a good family behind you like that. It's a massive help to your creativity, because... You wouldn't know this, DK, but my family are not creative people. I've got a nephew that may turn have been creative, but they are, they've are they always been supportive of the direction I've done with my creativity. So, right, we'll do the hard sell now, okay? Or is it the soft sell? You've you told me. <laughs> but tell us first of all then, DK, where can people get hold of your collection?
1: Got to sell it, haven't I? Off the Cuff is available for £6 a copy, and you can purchase it directly from me or from the publisher, Mini Poetry Press. Additionally, it will be available on Amazon at a later date.
0: Perfect. Perfecto. Okay, lastly, if people want to find out more about you, where are the best going, like your website and your social media links, etc?
1: You can find me on Facebook, Instagram, YouTube, and Bandcamp under the username DK4Poetry. And Accessibility Arts has a presence on Facebook and Eventbrite. Bright. Feel free to check out my content and stay updated on upcoming events and activities through these platforms.
0: Brilliant. No, great stuff, DK. Great. Okie dokie. That's all my questions, folks, for part one. We're gonna now take a quick break, me and DK, and we will be right back at you before you know it. Two shakes of the dice when he will they will be doing not one, not two. Not three, but four poems. See you all two moments. Hey, guys. Andy N, the stupendously talented DK. Straight up to my friend now. They are going to do, like I said before, in the first half, four pieces. Take it away, my friend.
1: Thanks, Sandy. I'm going to start with the first poem in the book. Just because it's the first one, and it's a personal one. The title is July the 8th, 2017, and it's because I'm a recovering alcoholic. This tells a story of the last night I wanted a drink. I stopped because I was drinking far too much. July the 8th, 2017, a night to remember. Brother-in-law's folks came by, threw logs on the ember settled in the living room laughter flowing like a river two weeks deep in sobriety i was starting to shiver craving hit me like a typhoon feeling so stark but i held on silent battle in the dark one drink would be my downfall saw it clear as a spark so i stayed on my pathway left my mark eyes on the whiskey mirroring a never-ending thirst mind reminding me I got to put my soul first, the pull was insistent, like the calling of a lover, but I didn't take a sip, didn't let myself hover. Held my ground, despite the shaking of my core. Reality stared back, repeats I can't ignore. Only one way to survive, to settle this score. Kept my pledge, shut temptation's door life continued spinning our hand ticking sound of laughter and clinking filled my vision sidestep addiction tightened my conviction i knew then recovery and fiction that defining night it gave me insight with a strength from within even in the fight not a drop since then continued walking in light this journey of mine in life's book i did write. every night Confront a demon in the mirror walking the sober road, visions getting clearer in my heart, the truth, couldn't be severer one, drink ain't worth the pain. It couldn't be dearer, sober ever since, the time has been kinder, beat addiction siren, now I turn to my grinder, remember the July, when I truly wanted a drink kept the bottle sealed, stood my ground, didn't sink. With each sunrise, I'm a little bit stronger. This is my story. I'm an alcoholic no longer. Thank you. A lot of people like this next one. It's not just a label, the one we were talking about earlier. It's about how people have underestimated me because of my disability. I don't mean anyone in poetry but I am a player and coach for the Villa Rockets in Powerchair Football. I'm one of only three players to play in every season of the Premier League, since its inception in 2007. Yeah, I'm that old. And I played for England from 2010 until 2014, and we came second in the 2011 World Cup. I didn't start in the final, so that's why I think we didn't win. And they say that I'm weak because I can't walk or speak. But they don't know the strength that's hidden within me, deep. I'm not just a label, a diagnosis on a page. I have dreams and desires, and I won't let them fade. I may move slower. But I'm still moving on. I may face challenges. But I know I belong. People underestimate me. Because of what they see. But they don't know my heart. Or the strength I can be. I'm not just a statistic. Or an object of pity. I'm a fighter, a survivor. And I'll rise above this quickly. I'll show the world. What I'm truly made of. Pushing boundaries and limits with resilience and love. I'll shatter stereotypes and break down any walls. Proving that I'm capable and deserving of it all. So when you see me, don't judge me by my chair. See the fire in my eyes and the greatness I bear. I may have cerebral palsy, but I'm still here to stand stronger and more determined than they could ever comprehend i won't be held back by what others may say i'll rise to the challenge and live my life my way so let them underestimate me let them think i can't succeed for i'll prove them wrong in everything that i achieve thank you This one, I don't do it enough. It's called I'm a Rainbow, and it's about how I'm asexual, but I love women. As an asexual person, I feel a strong platonic connection to women. I used to question this when my friends teased me for being a ladies' man, but now I accept and understand my asexuality, which helps me converse with women confidently, without any anxiety or insecurity. And yeah, I'm a rainbow, colors bursting through the sky. Shining bright, catch me flying oh so high. From red to violet, every hue I embody. Spreading love and unity, nothing can stop me. I'm asexual, but that don't mean I don't feel. The connection, the attraction, it's something that's real. I appreciate the beauty, the power of the feminine. I admire their strength, their grace, it's a feeling within. See, love comes in many forms, it's not just lust. I don't need physical attraction, it's not a must. I'm attracted to their minds, their spirit and soul. It's a connection that runs deep, making me whole. I appreciate the beauty in every woman I meet. Their strength, their grace, their power so sweet. It's a love that's platonic, yet so profound. A bond that can't be broken, forever astound. I may not feel desire, but I still feel love. A connection so deep, like the stars above. So don't judge me based on what you think you know. Asexual love is real, let that truth show. I love women, just not in the sheets. Their grace and strength, they can't be beat. It's the way they hold themselves with pride. Their intelligence and fierce stride. When they walk into a room, heads turn, hearts race. Their presence is electric, they light up the place. I appreciate their minds, their talents, their grace. Women are like a symphony, a masterpiece to embrace. So don't box me in, don't judge me by a label. I'm breaking stereotypes. I'm unstable. I'm asexual, but I love women. Their essence, their spirit, it keeps me grinning. Thank you. This last one is a new one, so it isn't in the book. It's called Elixir of Enlightenment, and it's about personal growth, inner peace, and the human experience. It also references the influence of Buddhism and the aspiration for enlightenment. It's got music that I made. Mistakes, mere whispers from the past. But not the essence that defines my soul. Life's struggles may weigh heavy. Yet love's tender touch men's shattered fragments. In this enigmatic journey called life. Death stands as the unwavering truth and with each passing moment, I find solace in Buddha's wisdom, guiding my steps. Not arrogance, but an inner knowing. An understanding of intrinsic worth. Seeking peace, seeking elevation, amidst the gentle caress of selfless weed. We are beautiful, magical, liberated spirits dancing through the cosmic expanse. Learning to release, learning to transcend, in the liberating act of shedding burdens. Love the life intertwines with hope to meet Kurt Cobain in Nirvana's embrace. Revelations intertwine and resonate. In the elixir of enlightenment, our souls elevate. my YouTube channel as well. Thank you so much for having me, Andy. I really appreciate it, mate.
0: <laughs> I've muted myself. Then. <laughs> I was trying to say something then. I completely knocked myself out. Listen, DK. We need to say no more, do we, my friend? It's been a pleasure. I to people are wondering I should have had DK on spoken label a couple of years ago and storing my bloody life and also DK's all just we're like passing ships in the night sometimes we're never quite connected (laughs) and if you play the video you can see his big smile you know big smile there completely agree with me so right dk we're gonna chat further anyway aren't we my friend so i want to thank you today anyway it's been a pleasure keep i know you're going to keep in touch with me anyway i'll tell it to everybody but i know you will right in this case so (laughs) so thank you again my friend humblest of thank yous right wrap up time guys as Don Callis over at AEW Wrestling says. Stay safe and stay over. See you all next time. Spoken, mate.